Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Wicked sources. And we're back for another episode of Cannabis News Now. A lot going on, as you can see here. Um, the main stories are of Gary Chambers. Right now, I'm going over some information that was sent to me by a supplier. They said that they've gotten an exception by the government and regulatory bodies uh, that were uh, preventing them from conducting business due to the PACT Act. If you don't remember, that passed about a year ago. It was due to teen vaping. So it put a lot of regulatory frameworks and restrictions on uh, vaping products uh, as a whole without, um, dis- without distinguishing uh, the differences just as a whole. And um, there's been a lot of pain related to it. So it's nice to see that they've gotten an exemption. I don't know how that's going to make my life easier, but perhaps it will. So Gary Chambers, the number one story that's being uh, circulated right now by every outlet, um, a person running for Senate out of the state of Louisiana, um, what he did was he created a campaign ad put it on YouTube. And in that ad, he's smoking weed and he's talking about the uh, inefficiencies of the justice system relating to cannabis and cannabis convictions, um, the disproportionate amount of um, African Americans who get um, who get arrested for it compared to everybody else in the country. Um, huge story that uh, somebody is willing to do this without any fear or repercussion, let alone somebody who is running for office. Really <laughs> really crazy times we live in. Um, next story is uh, talking about how uh, cannabis research is really restrictive um, because of a lot of the legal frameworks they've put around that. The research is going to be beneficial to everybody. And there are some kind of, uh, I want to say, uh, some discrepancies between one agency and another. For example, DEA versus FDA and how they view cannabis or cannabinoids. That was an interesting story, I thought, as well. Uh, Then finally, Thailand legalizes weed. Uh, Third or fourth country out of the entire planet who has done so. So we are moving very rapidly to a a world where people can freely smoke and not be discriminated against because they prefer to smoke a joint or a blunt or uh, a bowl versus uh, going out and having several drinks. So all this and more in today's episode, stick around. So when I opened up my feed, this is what I saw. I'm going to share the screen with you guys so you can see what I'm talking about. All right, here we go. So Democratic Senate candidate smokes cannabis in new ad, uh, and everybody's covering this story. Smokes cannabis blunt in campaign ad. Running for Senate, U.S. Senate smokes cannabis. Yeah, again and again. And then we've got uh, U.S. laws make it uh, make scientific research on cannabis too expensive and difficult. Uh, Thailand plans to decriminalize cannabis. So there, there's that. I thought it was legalization, but they're going to decriminalize, which is still pretty fucking huge. Um, the main thing here, which was interesting, and I'll share this with you guys too, is this story here, fentanyl laced cannabis, major concern out of uh, Louisiana. And I think this guy, this gentleman right here is a sheriff. Let's see what they have to say. 
Doses in the U.S. are skyrocketing, with 96,000 drug-related deaths across the country since the start of the pandemic. Dr. William Clark, coroner for the East um, Baton Rouge Parish in Louisiana, is concerned fentanyl may turn up in marijuana. He joins us now to discuss. Doctor, thanks for being with us. Hey, good morning. Thank you. Okay, so we, we were talking earlier. You have not seen marijuana yet laced with fentanyl, correct? Not in a sense that we would say that this is happening currently, but the concern is is that it's going to happen. Uh, we're already seeing it uh, fentanyl being laced with cocaine and methamphetamine. Uh, so the next you know iteration of this would be that it ends up in marijuana. So what's interesting about that story with uh, that sheriff talking about how it's not a thing yet and they are concerned about it. If you remember uh, several months ago, maybe less, there was a story out of Connecticut where cannabis is being laced with fentanyl. Serious problem. Um, people don't mention this enough, but you got you to gotta consider where the fentanyl comes from. It comes from the southern border. And then where does it come from there? It comes from China. 99% of all drugs come out of China. Vitamins, raw material. I mean, virtually everything. The only thing we're making now in terms of drugs is probably CBD which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later. I guess the next major story here that really needs to be talked about is the Democratic um, to-be senator, if he gets voted in. I don't know if this stunt will work for him. Uh, Let's read the article and see what it's saying. I'm going to share the screen with you so you can see it as well. So Gary Chambers running for a seat in U.S. Senate representing Louisiana, posted a YouTube video on Tuesday announcing his campaign. I guess that was this morning. That's why it's huge news. In the video, Chambers is shown smoking cannabis in an outdoor leather armchair, as if the armchair is really the most notable thing to mention. Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of cannabis, Chambers said. In the new video, since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating cannabis laws. Over half of, uh, over half of them uh, uh, over half of all drug arrests. Why was that so hard to say? Over half of all. Wow. So cannabis related arrests are more than, I guess he's saying more than three or 4 million out of all the drug related arrests. Uh, he continued black people are four times more likely to be arrested for cannabis laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing cannabis laws every year. Most of the people police uh, are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. And here he is. I know it's a blurred image, but there he is, chiefing on that blunt in that leather armchair, uh, which looks kind of nice, looks comfortable. Nice looking suit too. I'm liking the color. Uh, in 2020, the topic found renewed interest after U.S. Olympic champion uh, was told she would not run in the 100-meter race after she tested positive for THC, a chemical found in cannabis, at the Olympic trials, voiding her first-place results, uh, which is absolutely silly because it's not a uh, uh, PED, performance-enhancing drug. Cannabis is not a PED, so you know why disqualify them over cannabis? Gosh, that is so sad to lose um, her first place results over something like that. 
President Biden hasn't come out in support of legalizing cannabis at the federal level, but he's he has said he supports decriminalizing possession of the drug, which I guess is probably the most important thing that we can do. I did make a video about this talking about the difference between the two. And in my opinion, I think I think in my heart of hearts that um, decriminalization might be the right choice. It takes care of all of the uh, criminal uh, convictions. It takes care of the uh, billions of dollars spent on enforcing or trying to uh, enforce the, um, the laws that uh, people are supposedly breaking when they consume cannabis or when they carry it or whatever. Uh, it takes care of a number of different things. If he does anything, that would probably be the best move and it would be the fastest to do. A simple blanket federal law across the nation, cannabis is no longer a criminal offense if you hold small amounts. Bam, problem solved. So that's the next story. Let's take a look at that. That is laws making scientific research on cannabis too expensive and complicated. So just like we covered last week, the new study on cannabis compounds and the coronavirus got a lot of attention last week because it suggests that consuming certain uh, cannabinoid acids may help treat or prevent COVID-19. That's not exactly true. Um, they're, I don't think they're, they're not really covering this accurately, but we'll continue and I'll, uh, and I'll try to correct it. Predi uh, predictably, the internet was a flutter with the idea that uh, the solution to the pandemic might be weed, which is very convenient if you already like weed. And that's tens of millions of Americans who like weed. Um, from uh, Jimmy Kimmel, he was, he was quoted saying, all this time we've been listening to the CDC. We should have been eating CBD. The study is promising and the excitement understandable, but the reality is that we won't know whether cannabinoids are, are a safe and effective treatment for COVID-19 until they're tested in human trials. So let's get back to the point of uh, correcting uh, some, some aspects of what they were saying in that article. So um, it doesn't block or, tr uh, sorry, it doesn't um, treat or, or necessarily prevent, but what the small trials showed in that, um, in that study was that CBDA and I believe uh, it, was, it was CBDA and one other cannabinoid, but um, those were able to block the COVID-19 proteins. And that is specifically how it actually worked in the lab study. It didn't necessarily prevent or treat or anything like that. It just showed that it was blocking the protein of the uh, coronavirus. Um, and that is pretty damn huge in itself. Don't know what it is about. Uh, it may have been CBG uh, or CBD. It was CBDA and one other one. But both of those um, were found to block those proteins from uh, getting into a human host. I guess that could be considered some kind of preventative measure, but uh, it was also said that there wasn't any human trial studies. It was mostly um, on very small lab-based testing 
however way they were able to achieve it, the question becomes now, can we repeat it? Um, can we uh, see the same results if we test it on other variants like the Delta or the Omicron? Um, that would be really interesting to see too, right? Because as the evolution of the uh, the virus continues to um, change, um, the way it is surviving has changed too. That's the point of the virus and it, uh, and the point of the evolution. It evolves because it wants to survive. And in order to survive, it needs to change. So which variant did they test the cannabinoids with? And will we see them test any other variants as well? And will we get the same results? That is really curious to me. And then, of course, the human trials. Um, somebody, somebody may have to be the guinea pig for this, but luckily it's not harmful. <laughs> you know, taking uh, any type of cannabinoids are not harmful in any way. Uh, but I guess that may take a lot longer. If we're talking about a very small study in a lab, uh, we may be talking uh, very small parts per million samples that we're working with. What is it? What you know? How much longer would it take if it was consumed or put into the human body? Right, a much bigger complex um, cell structure, and um, then of course everybody's biology is slightly different. Uh, so, like there might be variants there. No pun intended, of course. Yeah. That's such an interesting case. Let's continue that article about how difficult it is to research cannabis. This seems straightforward enough, but human trials take years and normal times for normal compounds. Uh, I mean, yes and no. What I've seen over the years is um, drugs that are going through the FDA system are uh, finding ways to... Uh, pass much faster than the years that it would normally take. I mean, 10, 20 years ago, let's say 20 years ago, things were taking, you know, uh, three to five years of trials before they can uh, get any approvals. But meanwhile, we're in a COVID time, we're in COVID times, and we're talking about cannabis. And the FDA has made studying products such as the cannabinoids identified in the study, which are already legal and available to consumers in 36 states for medical use and 18 for adult use, nearly impossible. So this is from a, uh, com uh, a cannabis company owner. He says, I know this from painful direct experience. I run a cannabis company in Colorado called Ripple and the federal government has made it extraordinarily difficult and expensive for us to test our own products, even though part of the FDA's mandate is protecting consumers. More testing and research benefits everyone. The stated rationale for how complicated it is to conduct research on cannabis is that it's not legal at the federal level and is still considered a Schedule One drug with no accepted medical value. And yet, this, of course, makes no sense, given the, that cannabinoids are already FDA-approved to treat issues such as epilepsy, nausea from chemotherapy. Um, it's uh, it's showing results in autism and many other things that may not be talked about openly. So this is what I mean is that there is a discrepancy between the agencies. You know, one says no, it's illegal. The other uh, the other has determined well, it's useful for medical purposes. So which one is correct? Nonetheless, 
any company that wishes to test cannabis products in humans for purposes of garnering FDA approval first has to get permission from the DEA, and then it can use only cannabis products supplied to the National Institute on Drug Abuse by the University of Mississippi, which offers freeze-dried joints that have been in storage for years and bear no resemblance to any actual cannabis products that are that people are using in 2022. That was really interesting to find out. So the University of Mississippi is the one that is, I guess, storing a lot of the research cannabis. They're the gatekeepers, or I guess the uh, the DEA uh, and the National Institute of Drug Abuse are the gatekeepers uh, to be able to approve anybody who wants to research cannabis in some form. But then being freeze-dried for years at a time, I mean, this cannabis, though it might still be fresh, um, it's absolutely true. It is nothing like the cannabis today. Cannabis today has evolved drastically from just even three or four years ago. This is the uh, huge participation rates in cultivation. What that means is that there's a lot of people who want to grow uh, cannabis, who want to be in the business of cannabis. That puts a strain or a huge demand on either uh, clone banks who are just in the business of um, cultivating clones, having a mother clone, uh, sorry, a mother plant that they can continue to clip clones from, uh, being able to get multiple strains. At this point, there's been so much crossbreeding of cannabis that uh, we more, more than likely in the market today, we more than likely have more hybrids than we have any specific dominant strain, you know, um, back in the day, 15 years ago, like one of my favorite Indica strains was LA confidential. And there was only less than a handful of people that really had that strain and grew it. Um, and only less than three places uh, in terms of dispensaries here in Southern California that actually carried it. Nowadays, finding anything that's dominant on one side or the other is rather difficult, even though it may say it. Um, I don't know if it's completely accurate. So that's pretty much it for today. Before I go, grassstore.com. If you live in Southern California, you want cannabis delivered in less than 45 minutes. These guys are a technology company. They've teamed up with every major licensed dispensary in California to get you your weed in 45 minutes or less. If you want cannabis delivered fast, grassstore.com can get it done in 45 minutes or less with over 500 plus products, daily deals, and all your favorites like flour, pre-rolls, vapes, edibles, and concentrates. There is no better place to turn. Right now, you can save on any order that's $30 and above if you use the coupon code ARK. That is all capital letters, A-R-K, grassstore.com. Get your weed today.